Birds, Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening. Welcome to our show number 917. At last check, a very unexpected visitor from way up north was still hanging out in Southern California. Charity Hagen went to see it, and she made an audio postcard for us while she was there. Here it is. Hello, Ray and fellow Talking Birds fans. This is Charity Hagen, and I'm in Southern California, currently in Cypress, California, looking at our quite famous snowy owl that has shown up here in Southern California. You may have heard about it. Um, Standing in a residential neighborhood here where the bird likes to hang out during the day, perched on a rooftop. It's probably about 50 to 70 people currently around me here watching this beautiful um, bird. It's a juvenile. It's a big white owl with extensive dark barring, brown barring, big beautiful yellow eyes, big feathered talons. It's just absolutely a gorgeous bird and people are coming from far and wide to observe um, this absolutely beautiful, famous snowy owl. So I thought you would like to hear about our wonderful sighting here in Southern California. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Charity. That is quite uh, quite an eruption or quite a flight for that one snowy owl. Meanwhile, back up north again, there's another owl in the news. Thanks to Andre Dubray for forwarding us a Radio Canada story reporting that four cross-country ski trails in Kamloops, British Columbia, had to be closed temporarily after an owl attacked several skiers. The Overlander Ski Club says it closed access to the Little Joe Slope for the whole day on Friday, and that three other trails were closed in the evening due to what it described as a very aggressive eagle owl. Now, as far as we know, there aren't any eagle owls in Canada. Maybe we'll check with our British Columbia correspondent, Trevor Fletcher, to confirm that. The bird apparently is a great horned owl. The ski club says on its Facebook page that the owl is probably defending its nest and it's best to avoid the area at night for the next few weeks and ski in groups rather than alone. Extra, extra, read all about it. Meanwhile, some of the stories and videos we have for you on our TalkingBirds.com website and Facebook page. National Audubon has a new Climate Watch program. It's an exciting citizen science project worth knowing about, and we will connect you to it. The Cornell Lab has a cool new citizen science program, too. It's called Celebrate Urban Birds. And we have a link to that. Also, we'll connect you to the details of the new America's Flyways initiative, which is aimed at addressing the urgent crises of biodiversity loss 
and climate change. And our friend Rajesh Mohan has created a spellbinding super slow-motion video featuring a black-crowned night heron making some moves that only slow-motion video can illuminate. It is a genuine must-see. It really is. All those stories and videos and more can be found right now on our TalkingBirds.com website, and most are on our Facebook page as well. What we're hearing there, as you may have guessed, is our mystery bird. We're asking you to guess what it is or to tell us when we do the contest a little bit later on in the show, but here are some clues as to this bird's identity. It's a large black and white raptor, up to two feet in length with a four-foot wingspan. Its wings are thin and pointed. Its tail is long and forked. It feeds by capturing flying insects or plucking insects and lizards from the treetops. This graceful flyer, which often wanders to the northern tier of states, breeds from Georgia south to Florida and the Gulf states, and winters or occurs year-round in Central and South America. That's the bird we're looking for. We'll do the contest in just a little bit, and we'll be urging you to call as soon as you can when we start the actual contest. Just a reminder that uh, something we started a few weeks ago and continuing into the first week of February, every Mystery Bird Contest winner will be entered into a drawing for a beautiful prize from our friends at Vortex Optics. An 8x42 Vortex Viper binocular or pair of binoculars, if you like, will show some love to the randomly chosen winner on our closest to Valentine's Day show on February 12th. So a little something extra special to start the new year in our Mystery Bird Contest. Prizes for today include a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a big bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Bonus prize if we get to our bonus question, a feather-friendly bird window collision prevention kit. And more about that topic in just a moment here. All on our Mystery Bird Contest uh, coming along just a little bit later on in this morning's show. Well, speaking of the Cornell Lab again, they have a wonderful ongoing feature. We've mentioned this a couple of times at least before, but worth mentioning, I think. It's a year-round listing of bird festivals and related events taking place all around the country. And we have a convenient link to the list. You'll find it under the Get Involved tab on our TalkingBirds.com website. And just choosing one to highlight here, it's the annual Eagles and Agriculture event in Carson Valley, Nevada. So if you're any place near there, the time is January 26th through January 29th, the dates, that is. So this focuses on the phenomenon of bald and golden eagles stopping in Carson Valley, Nevada during those birds' migration. Local cattle ranches birthing calves at the same time provides a chance to view and photograph the raptors. Programs include birding tours and a photo workshop and a reception and dinner with falconers and their birds. We kind of chose this particular event to highlight because we also have stories this morning about how birds can coexist with agriculture as well as with urban building construction. 
But first, please bear with us as we climb up on our soapbox to talk about one of our least favorite things, single-use water bottles. As we pose this conservation question of the week, the question is, what's wrong with bottled water? The answer is a lot. Pollution, pollution, you can use the latest toothpaste and then rinse your mouth with industrial waste. Tom Lehrer strikes again. Well, the statistics revealing the amount of plastic pollution caused by those individual bottled water usage, along with the levels of waste and expense involved, are pretty shocking. Folks at Earth 911 point out that, for example, In 2015, before China stopped accepting American trash for recycling, only about a third of plastic water bottles were recycled. By 2020, the recycling rate of plastic bottles was even lower, down to 27.1%, at least in part because of that China ban. Check out a link on our website uh, for full details on Earth 911's eye-opening piece about the perils of plastic and the water within. By the way, another of the ironic things about bottled water is that much of it, including big brands like Dasani and Aquafina, are just municipal tap water that's filtered and put into single-use plastic bottles. Kind of crazy. As we talked about on the show a couple of months ago, there have been several studies showing that bottled water is not necessarily safer to drink than tap water, and that in some cases is less safe. And that's because the water quality standards set by the EPA for tap water are more stringent than the Food and Drug Administration's standards for bottled water. A survey of carbon impact studies estimates that even locally bottled water has a transportation footprint 300 times that of tap water, with a total carbon footprint of bottled water up to 1,000 times greater than that of tap water. Also, when you're drinking water that comes from somewhere else, you may be contributing to water scarcity in that somewhere else. For example, half the residents of Fiji, from where the Fiji water brand is shipped, don't have access to clean well water, like the water that's bottled for export. Even in the U.S., bottled water companies have been found responsible for depleting local wetlands and streams. Our friend Phil, whose last name we won't use due to his employment situation, added this to our Facebook post on the topic. He says, I don't think that America in particular is ready to give up bottled water. I work in a supermarket and am astounded by the amount of bottled water that people buy. On the other side of the coin, he says, water filtration products sell at a much lower rate. Thank you, Phil. I guess we'll file that under sad but obviously true. That's it for the soapbox. On a brighter note, fire up that Massey-Ferguson tractor, please. Okay, a new study in the U.K. shows that birds, which lose a lot of territory to agriculture, can bounce back when farms devote just 10% of their land to nature-friendly measures. The authors suggest that doing this, along with other wildlife-friendly schemes, will not only benefit birds and other wildlife, but can also help produce cleaner water and better soils. Or simply put, nature can improve the resilience of farms. 
We'll try to follow up on how this idea is being put into practice. And then there's this from our friend and bird window crash expert, Jim Kuby, who was on the show with us last March. Jim has just completed a research project that offers some potential good news for birds. It says that millions of birds can be saved when bird-friendly glass is used during the construction of new buildings. And, this is very important, without a significant effect on the cost of construction. That's been a problem for a long time. For example, the study says bird-safe glass can be installed in a new $8 million office building for about $30,000, or four-tenths of 1% of the total cost of the building, while helping to reduce the number of birds, those hundreds of millions, that die every year from hitting commercial building windows. Sounds like a serious win-win. And thank you, Jim. And we'd like to thank a couple of more new Talking Birds ambassadors helping us get the word out about birds and conservation. And thank you to Lisa Kuchara from Hamden, Connecticut, home to intriguing-sounding places like Sleeping Giant State Park. Thank you so much, Lisa. And thanks to an old friend of ours, Kyle Orphan from Gloucester, Massachusetts, who's become a Talking Birds ambassador and who also signed up as a proud plurter, pledging to pick up litter while birding. Thank you, Kyle. Talking Birds listeners, we hereby issue a humble request that you consider becoming a Talking Birds ambassador, as Kyle and Lisa and hundreds of other Talking Birds listeners have done. And it really is easy to do. Just hand out at your convenience some of those little Talking Birds info cards that we'll send to you. That's about it. And signing up is really easy, too. Just go to TalkingBirds.com, click the Get Involved tab up at the top of the home page, and look for Become an Ambassador. Easy peasy. Still to come today, Mike O'Connor will join us for a Let's Ask Mike live segment live from Lakeside in North Carolina today. And up next, one of North America's finest fish finders is our featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Today's featured feathered friend segment starts with a hello and thank you to Jules Gaspar who listens to Talking Birds in Greensboro, North Carolina. Jules sent us a lovely poem that she composed, and she wondered if we knew which bird species her poem describes. Here's what she wrote. Gray as a ghost, with red at its throat, this bird wails and cries, pitiful shouts for help. Did it stab its own throat with its dagger bill? Once they predicted the weather, Flying inland meant sunshine, but flying out meant rain, except we all know better now. Within its asylum, the bird wails, wishing to break free of its destiny. Down it dives, up to ninety feet, but when it comes up, it remains within. This blood-throated diver is the smallest of its kind, crying and wailing, a one-of-a-kind bird. Thank you for that, Jules. And I think we figured it out. It's this 
crying and wailing bird. The red-throated loon, a bird with a very red throat, when seen in summer up on its Arctic breeding grounds. Down in the lower 48 in winter, its appearance is much more modest. The red on the throat is nowhere to be seen, and the rich breeding plumage gray on the face and back of the neck is gone to white, with splotchy dark gray and black on the top of the head. The red-throated loon can be observed from Canada to Mexico on the east and west coasts, and along the Gulf Coast, too, keeping up that 90 feet deep diving and chasing fish with that dagger bill. This smallest of the loons may also be the best flyer of the group. Unlike other loon species, it doesn't need to flap its wings and run along the water's surface on a long takeoff, but can actually get airborne directly from land when it needs to. A -a one-of-a-kind bird, indeed. Thanks again to Jules in North Carolina for helping to make Gavia stellata, the red-throated loon. Today's Talking Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again to our show, number 917. And up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. In case you missed it earlier, that's our mystery bird there sounding off. It's a large black and white raptor, up to two feet in length with a four-foot wingspan. Its wings are thin and pointed, and its tail is long and forked. It feeds by capturing flying insects or plucking insects and lizards from the treetops. This graceful flyer, which often wanders to the northern tier of states, breeds from Georgia south to Florida and the Gulf states, and winters or occurs year-round in Central and South America. It's a pretty spectacular bird, and it's our mystery bird. Prizes include a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a big bag of delicious bird-friendly shade-grown birds and beans coffee. And if you're our winner, you'll be automatically entered into the drawing we'll do in February for a beautiful pair of 8x42 Vortex Viper binoculars. These are some beautiful binocs, by the way, with the HD optical system that delivers stunning resolution, color fidelity, and edge-to-edge clarity. One of the lightest, most compact, full-size binoculars on the market. That'll be in a special random drawing among all the Mystery Bird Contest 
winners um, over the last uh, few weeks here. So let's see. Mike is down there in North Carolina somewhere, and we're going we're gonna to check in uh, with him. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautiobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. So we had that snowy owl going all the way from way up north to southern California, and I think our Mike O'Connor has tried to emulate that journey, but he's only made it down to North Carolina. But uh, that's where he is, and I believe he's at a place called Carolina Beach Lake by a state park down there. Let's see if all that is true. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, it's, it's snowy owl habitat, though. I'll tell you that right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, it's pretty cold here down in the, in the, in the balmy south. Yeah. So some part of the lake is actually frozen. But, yeah, we've wow. been um, – I'm down visiting my daughter who lives down here. So, of course, I snuck out to do some birding earlier mm-hmm. in the morning. And I found this little – they call it a lake. At the town of Carolina Beach, and there's a little lake here, they call it. And it's really about the size of Stop and Shop parking lot. It's not very big. <laughs> but it's amazingly full of birds. We just wow. did – my wife and I, Karen, just did a walk around. And uh, we found sandalings, oyster catchers, little blue herons. Snowy egrets, yellow-bellied sapsuckers, kingfishers. The list is pretty good, and we just it, it's we're back in the car right away because it's cold. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a, a lot of birds come down south. You know, you hear the story mm-hmm. snowbirds. A lot of birds spend the time in the south because it usually does a nice up for them. So it's a good place to go birding. So if you're one of those people that try to avoid the the, the cold northern weather and take a trip. Bring your binoculars because most bodies of water and most of the parks will have birds, and it's uh, pretty easy birding. This is not the jungle. This is just people walking dogs, and it's, there's a little kayaking going on. It's small, and it's right in the center of condos and houses, hmm. but the birds need the water, and, and they come here. And just to see oyster catchers in this kind you know, wow. usually on the Cape, I have to walk the beach a long ways to find oyster catchers, and they're right here in Texas, like a gazebo. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool place, Ray. Yeah. Um, it, it, the whole area, it, it eventually drive down to an area um, called Fort Fisher, and that's a really good birding place. I've seen like some, between two and three hundred uh, black skimmers the last time I was here, hmm. just on the beach. So it's a good, it's a good birding spot. But I wanted to point out because it's. It is kind of an urban setting. A lot of people want to feed the ducks like a lot of people do, but we've cautioned that before, and we even 
my wife saw uh, a mallard with what they call angel wing. From eating kind of the bread, right? wings from, yeah, yeah, eating too much bread. So the birds take care of themselves. This is from a guy who spends his life feeding birds, <laughs> business feeding birds. But in, in this case, it's not a good thing. So waterfowl is not something that we want to do. But if you are going on vacation or getting away from the cold at some point, bring your binoculars because mm-hmm. it's good birding here in the south. I can tell you that right yeah. now. And you're pretty close to the South Carolina line, am I right? Yeah, right. Wilmington is on the coast. Wilmington, that's where my daughter lives, and this is the next town, Carolina Beach, and then you go just a little bit further, and you get to South Carolina and Myrtle Beach, which is, again, another built-up area, but Hmm. again, further inland, there's there's quite a few birding spots there. So I always, you know, the first thing I I pack are my binoculars, and, and, you know, a lot of people, my daughter likes to sleep late, so I get up early, and Karen and I go out birding, and we've had a really good morning so far, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, with I'm, I'm talking from inside the car because the wind's kind of howling. It's still winter, even here in the south. Mm-hmm. So uh, you want to do that, that's for sure. But it's, it's beautiful. Sun's out, and we've got some good pictures. Uh, oh, what do we get? Little blue heron. And, oh, there goes a um, white ivis just flew over. And it's, it is. And, and it's, it's just not uh, a really particular birdie setting. You, you can see, you know, people walking out here and there's condos and traffic but the birds find it so uh, put this on your map and just up the street is carolina beach state park and that's a great for red-headed woodpeckers and those adorable brown-headed i know you love those brown-headed nut hatches that squeaky little sound there wow and i don't want to embarrass you but you're still in your car i think are you yeah, yeah. I'm not as tough as David Clapp. I go inside to talk. <laughs> He'd be under attack by uh, several raptors by now if he was down there, I think. All right. Thank you, Mike. Have fun. Right. Okay. Talk to you next week. Yeah, bye-bye. Mike O'Connor down there in uh, Carolina Beach, or near, near Carolina Beach Lake State Park, North Carolina. Meanwhile, we're back here at the Mystery Bird um, Contest thing here, trying to identify this here bird. The number is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. We have uh, Larry in Situate, Massachusetts, uh, on the line with us. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. What do you think, Larry, on the old uh, mystery bird there? It's a northern harrier. Wow, you are so confident. I wish you were also right about that. Oh. But uh, no, it's not a northern harrier. It's not even really related to that. Either, but uh, really, but, uh, can I get a second guess? <laughs> we normally don't allow a second guess, but should we? Do, uh, Jesse's giving a n- nod. He's going to say yes. Go ahead. Uh, it's a bald eagle. A bald eagle. It's not that either. Not that but either. For any consolation, that's not any closer, really, to the correct answer. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. All right. All right. You heard some guesses there for our mystery bird. We haven't uh, quite nailed it yet. Saskia is on the line. Good morning, Saskia. Good morning, Good morning. Ray. Good morning. Uh, have I pronounced your name correctly? Yes, you did. Okay, good. In that case, I hope you, well, not just because of that, but I hope you get the uh, correct answer. What do you think the mystery bird is? I think it's the swallow-tailed kite. Exactly. Nice job. You beautifully presented. Yes. The swallow-tailed kite, a really gorgeous, graceful, spectacular bird. Saskia, nice going. Congratulations. You're absolutely right. And um, I think we have time for a bonus question. You want to try it? Sure. Okay. Which of the following has the greatest hearing frequency range of any creature on Earth? 
It's multiple choice. Is it A, a moth species, B, an owl species, C, a bat species, or D, a human being that hasn't been to too many rock concerts? Be one of those. Any idea? Owl. You think it's the owl. No, it's actually a moth species, the greater wax moth, which has hearing frequency range 15 times greater than humans, and it's because they think so it can hear their major predator, which is bats. But you win that beautiful prize, two of them, as a matter of fact, Saskia, so stay on the line and we'll make arrangements. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Saskia, in Marshfield, Massachusetts, correctly identifying our mystery bird, that was the uh, swallow-tailed kite. Next week, when two similar bird species like Cooper's hawks and sharp-shinned hawks, for example, are both after similar prey, how do they divide or divide their efforts and avoid conflicts? The Cornell Lab of Ornithology's Elliot Miller will be with us next week to offer some insight into this question based on his new research. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. The bird show. I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beauty Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.